My name is Mary, and welcome to episode four of my podcast, The Come Down. How are you all doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a good day or night whenever you're listening to this. For me, as I'm recording this right now, it's five in the morning, and I've been dancing to Harry Styles as it was on repeat for about half an hour and crying at the same time. I don't know why I do that but it releases a lot of like emotional energy <laughs> it makes me feel better and I feel better I thought I would come in here and talk about how I'm feeling because I'm sure someone out there can relate to what I'm going through right now so I mentioned in my first episode that I'm going through a breakup and I have been and I'm processing things this breakup is very different from my first one because that first one I basically went into psychosis <laughs> basically <laughs> no like seriously like it was giving manic like it was okay it was it was very much giving like I need to be institutionalized but I wasn't um <laughs> but I definitely think I needed to I'm not even joking like I'm laughing but like it's no laughing matter at all like there's nothing funny about <laughs> about it at all Anyway, with this one, I am doing measurably better. (laughs) Um, Things are different this time around and the relationship was different, person was different, everything was different and the way that it ended was completely different and I'm also a different person so I guess I'm processing everything like really differently. By the way, I'm not up at five in the morning because I'm like an early bird like right now it's not like oh my god I'm on it like I'm waking up no I literally haven't slept all night like I've been up all night like I've been up like a dummy I don't know why I did that I as if the next day is going anywhere like as if tomorrow like I mean tomorrow isn't promised but like as if I couldn't just go on to sleep and then just did what I needed to do like the next day so now I'm really tired And I feel this motivation to come and make a podcast episode because when I wake up later, I'll feel very excited to edit it and post it. Anyway, so this breakup has been measurably better, Um, but still hard as fuck. I don't know what's wrong with me in like, maybe it's just because like my avoidant tendencies come out. So I have self-diagnose myself with having a fearful avoidant attachment style i'm not sure if self-diagnose is the word i'm self-proclaimed i i I don't i don't know i have no idea um but i just feel like it just makes the most sense you know i looked up attachment styles and everything so i think it's just like my basically fearful avoidant is very much a mix of like anxious and avoidant Anyway, so depending on the situation and depending on what's triggering me, I can definitely lean more anxious or lean avoidant. Oftentimes, I lean quite avoidant. And if you don't know much about attachment styles, I'll do a podcast episode about it in the future, but you're going to have to go look that one up. There are excellent podcasts, books, and videos out there. You can even look up on TikTok and you'll find like someone easily will explain it to you in 30 seconds, like, or a minute and all less. Like, I'm not going to get into it. But. Because I lean avoidant often, I can just like tell myself things just to make it easier to deal with, which is not a good thing. Like, for example, whilst I'm like crying and like processing things and like 
doing what I need to do to get past and get through this hard time. I like tell myself that like my ex-partner like isn't feeling anything at all. Like, and I know that isn't true. I, I actually don't know that that's, if that's, if that's true. But like I sit and I just think to myself like, damn, like he's probably just like moved on with his life and like forgot about me. And like the reason why is because like I have ADHD and I know with like object permanence, it also kind of works the same way with our emotions and out of sight, out of mind is very, very literal when it comes to ADHD. And and he's ADHD as well. So I just feel like, damn, the really ass out of sight, out of mind, like I'm literally, he's going to like forget about me and like forget about our good memories and just forget about like who I am as a person and like, damn. And I just, I don't know why. I mean, I haven't forgotten about him, but that's literally where my mind takes it. And I think it's because it's, it's, it's easier to think that he just has forgotten about me and like has moved on with his life than it is to think that like he hasn't and then because that gives me like emotional hope and hope isn't always a good thing especially when you want to close a situation like hope can make things really um make something that's really black and white very gray and make emotions a lot harder to process when it comes to situations like this like having hope that things might be different and that things might work out and all that kind of stuff can really like for me like fuck me up like and really um I guess stunt my progress when it comes to processing everything so I have like a whole um I have like a whole program or what should I just call it like a, I don't know like a scheme I don't know what the word is guys it's five in the morning and I haven't slept so I don't know the words aren't coming to me but basically I have like a plan of like how I'm going to get through this breakup. Oh yeah, I, I have this, okay, I've coined this term and maybe this, I'm sure there's probably already a term out there for it, but I call it exposure therapy. So basically, and I swear it's already a thing, but for me, I'm just, I'm just going to pretend like I made it up because, you know, I'm the center of my universe. So basically, I have like a folder over, I put all the photos of me and my ex into and like all our photos all our videos just like memories everything like that and um instead of like deleting them and getting rid of them or like never looking at them or like putting them in the hidden folder and never looking at them I will purposefully like every single day like expose myself to a little bit of him like so I'll either I'll go and I'll play songs that remind me of him like over and over and over and over and over again guys I know it sounds insane but like bear with me so I'll play like songs that remind me of him or like I'll go watch like old videos like of just uh, like like I'm or like you know those like videos that like um Apple makes that's like when you went to this place and it's like a memory and it's like makes these little videos like I'll watch those and then I'll go through photos and I'll play sad music um Alicia Cara has a great album for that I can't remember what it's called I think it's like Growing Pains or something Taylor Swift always hits as well and I have been crying and you know usual R&B artists but um yeah so I will look at those like photos and like those videos and like I'll just like purposefully make myself sad and cry because I know that I lean avoidant and so I have a habit of like sometimes just emotionally just moving on with things and then like months down the line like it hits me and then like I'm just emotionally crippled and like because I didn't really process 
the feelings like earlier on, I can really struggle to process them like later down the line because it kind of shakes up all the progress I thought I made. And then it makes me feel like, oh my goodness, like then what the hell? Like I actually haven't made any progress. And then it's like this whole process. So I just thought to avoid that and to avoid like psychosis, <laughs> um, I just should do what I can to just process everything now. And even if it means like literally forcefully triggering myself. So I call it exposure therapy because I'm trying to over, basically there's that idea that if you tell yourself not to think about like an elephant, you'll think about an elephant, right? If you tell your brain not to think about something, you'll end up thinking about it. But if you just don't fight it, eventually you'll just stop thinking about it. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do is that whilst the thought of him and us and how things went down and constantly thinking about how things could have been different, what I could have done and how, and just like trying to think about all that stuff, those thoughts can get really mixed up and be really overwhelming for me. So instead of telling myself, okay, Mary, don't think about that. Don't think about that. Don't think about that. I am saying, think about it. Think about it every second of the day. Think about it when you're driving. Think about it when you're going for a walk. Think about it at the gym. Think about it when you're laying in bed and just chilling. Think about it when you're making a podcast. Think about it when you're journaling. Think about it when you're with your friends. Bring it up. Talk about it. When you see something that reminds you of him, bring it up. Talk about it. My friends are going to get sick of me eventually. Oh, no, they're not. They love me. I think. I hope. Okay. I don't know why I said that. They definitely do love me. <laughs> um, but I just be bringing out random things like at random moments that have to do with him. And they understand that I'm doing exposure therapy. I've already explained it to them. And eventually, I'm going to stop thinking about him. That's the goal, really. Like, the hypothesis is that if one overexposes themselves to a stimuli, they will eventually have no response to said stimuli. (laughs) Yeah, so that is my thought process. How is that going so far for me? I would say it's kind of working maybe. I don't know. Maybe if, maybe it's working. I, I don't know. I don't even know if I want it to fully work because I don't want to like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm holding on to the version of myself that was with him. Like I'm holding on to that person or like those. I don't know. I just don't like want to, I'm not trying to forget him, but I'm just trying to like stop wanting him the way that I do. So um, yeah, I miss him. So like I need to, I'm trying to like, work towards getting to a point where like I love him and care about him from a distance and not like I need to be in his face and feel like I have to like smother him with love all the time I need to get to a point where like that's yeah that's that's where I am anyway so the reason why I think that it's kind of working is because guys literally like clockwork ever since we started dating like and he like told me about the moon and stars and like astronomy and all that stuff and all the this constellations and and, and everything that has to do with that because he was really into that I every time I would look at the stars and every time I would look at the moon I would always think of him like it would literally be the first thing on my mind and guys I've been looking at the moon recently um also if you didn't know I'm literally scared of the moon (laughs) Just a fun fact, I'm scared of the moon, like for real, like I'm actually scared of the moon, like not like in the sky when it's high up, but when it's like on the horizon and it's like full, or like nearly full and it looks like really big, like I feel like it could fall out of the sky and like kill me, like crush me, 
that is like yeah i have i have a fear of like really really like big things what's it's like megal or something phobia yeah that's the i'm yeah i'm really uh, that's that's my phobia anyway moving onwards but i've been doing better guys like i'm not as scared of them anymore like that bitch cannot get me let me be for real <laughs> that bitch cannot get me so these days this past two nights i've looked at the moon and the stars when i could see them without the clouds and um, I haven't thought about him immediately. I mean, I did eventually, but like it wasn't the first thing. And the thing is that like for a long time, I would look up and I would be like, hmm. like I would literally think about him. I would be like, oh, that's cool. Like I would just like, oh, I hope he's well. Like, oh, I just, it would just literally just make me think about him and smile. Like it made me feel warm. And like, I almost, I guess, guys, I'm like a hopeless romantic and like, I'm very cheesy and like, I know, so things can beca- things that seem really random can become really sentimental for me. So recently, I've been looking at the moon at the stars and I haven't been like immediately being like, oh my God. No, I literally just feel like, oh, pretty night. It's a beautiful night. And then I'll clock that. I didn't think about him the first. And I'll be like, oh, oh, okay. And then I'll just be like, okay. And then I will think about him for a little bit and then I keep it pushing. That is my evidence. It's pretty anecdotal. Um, but that's my evidence to show that that my exposure therapy is in fact working. I think it's working. It's quite difficult though, because like there'll be some days where I literally won't even like um, feel like crying or like literally we'll just be having like a really chill day. And then I'll be like, oh, got to clock in, got to clock in to the school of emotions. And then I'll have to sit on my phone, go through that folder and just like cry and be like, damn. Or just sometimes I won't cry. Sometimes I just look in like happiness and like be like, oh, amazing. Like how lovely. Like, oh, I'm so glad that I had that. But other days, if it's a particularly sensitive day or I don't know if something just like sometimes certain memories just hit differently on some days. I don't know. Um, Yeah, like randomly I could just be like really emotional and then sometimes it's just like, oh, okay. But I guess that's just like the process of going through a breakup. Um. I guess it's just life. A part of me is really sad as well because, like, I don't want to, like, a part of me doesn't want to stop thinking about him in that way. And that's just the hopeless romantic in me. Like, a part of myself just really just wants to not do this exposure therapy. I don't want to forget him. Like, I don't want to forget what he smells like. I don't want to forget what it feels like to be in his arms. I don't want to forget those things. But it's just like life. I guess this is just how, you know, you lose people and you keep it pushing. Um, the biggest thing that I was really thinking about before I started recording was a friendship and how I really miss being able to like call him specifically. Like I can call my other like other friends, you know, family. I can call them and be excited to be like, oh my God, I dropped an episode and then talk about it and, and like dissect it and be like, what do you think about this part? And what do you think about this part? He was a really big part in me getting to this point of like posting my podcast. He was super supportive and was just always like encouraging me. And I'm so grateful for that. Like there are just some moments where like, I just want to let him know like, hey, by the way, like with relationships, you're not just losing your romantic partner. Like, you lose someone who becomes, like, a really good friend to you. I really accepted that the romantic quiet relationship was over, like, and done. And, like, had to come to terms with it. And for some reason, like, that's just, that was, like, 
I, I could handle that, you know. I can accept that, like, sometimes love evolves and changes and sometimes it's not supposed to be forever the way that it, it was, you know. It wasn't always supposed to be that way forever. I can accept that. But it's really hard for me to think, like, damn, like, I really connected with this person and now they're just, like, not in my life anymore. Yeah, so when I was upset before crying, I was just, like, thinking, like, damn, like, I got really excited about a podcast episode. I was really happy with something that I did. And I really wanted to call him and be like, hey, like, what do you think? Like, get his opinion. Like, not because I'm like, I miss you and I want to, like, be in a relationship. No, more just, like, as a friend. Like, I miss the friendship. I miss the companionship specifically with him because I feel like, I feel like he really, um, and like, I don't know, he just, like, he was a very unique person in my life. I didn't have anybody else in my life like him. Um, and everybody in my life I love for so diff- so many different reasons, and everybody's different in their own way. And he was unique and special to me in a way that I, yeah, like, that was unique and special. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not as articulate, guys. As I said, again, it's literally the morning time, and I haven't slept through the night, so, like, my brain is moving on low-power mode, okay? But, yes, so I just missed that, like, and I'm not sure, I was going to say, I'm not sure if anybody else gets it. I'm sure other people get it because like, that's like kind of like <laughs> what everybody goes through, I guess, with breakups, I guess. I just felt really, I just was like hit with the wave of sadness and just like, oh, okay. When I just realized like, damn, like that's not my person anymore. Like, or that's not even a friend anymore. Like, I mean, maybe in the future, but it can be really hard, you know, transitioning from like being in a romantic relationship to a friendship. And I can accept the the romantic relationship ending. A part of me can just really be like, okay, you know, it is what it is. But something about losing the friendship in someone, like the connection, it's really hard. That, and and I don't feel like I will never find something that I honestly feel like there are bigger and better things out there for me. Things that not bigger and better. Let me say that like as if it's like what I have right now is bad. The more so things that align with my spirit a lot more are out there for me and will find me. So I don't have any doubts about ever having a connection like this ever again. It's more so that there's unique value in this connection that I had with him. Same way that there's unique value with each connection I have with every single person that I'm friends with and that I love and care about. Their contribution to my life is unique and one of a kind and same way with him. My connection to him is unique and also one of a kind. Like romantic relationships, you know, they come and go. But the connections that you build with the people, you know, they're usually one of a kind. And you can try hard to replicate it again and again. But that's the beauty, I guess, of like connection. You never know how long you'll have it for. You never know how different it will be from the last one or how similar it will be it just it just is and you don't know looking forward if you'll have a have something like this ever again but it's usually for the best because whatever is coming next is probably going to align with me a lot better anyway i feel so much better now i'm using this podcast like it's a diary honestly like i'm excited to look back <laughs> at and like listen to these maybe in like a year from now 
and and see how far I've come and and just to, just to see what I've been doing. It'll be cool to reflect on, I guess. Anyway, the exposure therapy is doing what it's supposed to be doing, I guess. It's exposing me to him. The the song, there's a song that reminds me of him. And every time it plays, I think about him and I can't stop thinking about him. And it's like a little bit lost in my mind. So I've been playing it over and over and over again. And I don't get the same emotional response as I used to. Oh my God, that sounds so terrible. It's like I'm trying to like basically numb myself out. Like basically I know I get like this rush of dopamine when I listen to music that reminds me of him. I see photos of us. I, I do something that reminds me of us when I see I knew I I know I get that so basically if I just feed my brain oh my goodness wait that makes guys not me literally figuring out why I think the overexposure thing is going to work because if I constantly feed my brain with like everything to do with him I'm kind of thinking like I will stop getting that dopamine and my ADHD brain will kind of be like all right babe we need new stimuli like we need to do something different like like we need you to like like shake it up a bit babe because like it's the same nigga now like we need something like something else but the thing is there's always a risk there's a risk that what if I just fall deeper in love with him <laughs> what if instead of me being able to move on completely and like find freedom I actually like am locking myself in a jail and I I'm like literally every single day I'm given a new key and by looking at the photos, I'm like throwing it away and like doing my exposure therapy. But you only live once, guys. And the thing is that if it doesn't work, the worst thing that could happen is that I'm back at square one and I'll just have to like process it differently. You know, at least I'm not avoiding it is what I'm trying to give myself credit for. <sighs> like at least I'm not like avoiding my feelings and just like being like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm trying really hard to heal my attachment style and move more towards a secure attachment style and that means I should not be feeding into my avoidant or anxious habits and since I lean more avoidant I really have to watch those avoidant tendencies in me I really got to watch them and unfortunately I have been dabbling in them one of the biggest things I do to avoid my emotions is watching like tv shows like I'll just like find a new show that's like somewhat interesting and then I'll just like watch it for ages like like I started watching The Crown I thought I only had a few seasons but apparently there's like five or six something like that and I didn't realize but anyways tell me why this show is like I don't know I'm on like season two and or like three I remember and like the show is is like it's it's written quite well I think that like it's got me feeling bad like I'm literally feeling bad for the royal family like these colonizers people who have single-handedly destabilized so many countries along across the world to exploit them and for their own gain and then presented it like we're trying to help you like why am I feeling bad for them but that's only you know what good writing I guess (laughs) I guess and also I'm just a human being I was like wow damn like when, um, what's his name? Queen Elizabeth's dad like died and they like showed it in the, sh- in the show. It was like really sad. I was like, damn, oh my God, like damn. But I was like, I am not shedding a tear for that man. <laughs> let me not shed a tear. Let me just, let me, this is a TV show. <laughs> I'm just a really emotional person. <laughs> if you guys couldn't already tell. 
Anyway, so I've been doing that a lot and I'm trying to stop because it kind of stunts me like creatively. Like I can't really think and like plan episodes or like I can't even like think of anything like when I'm like avoiding my feelings because when I'm avoiding feelings, I'm also in like avoiding creativity. Like I, I can't, I need those creative juices to flow basically. But I'm trying to stop that. Like, yeah, I need, I need to do that maybe. But last time I used to use the gym as like in a way to avoid my feelings too. So I just got to find healthy balance. And that is what I'm focusing on doing. Trying to find a healthy balance with everything that's going on. I know, you guys know that quote that's like, um, to get over someone, get under someone else. Yeah, um, doesn't work for me um because I don't know I just am so emotionally unavailable I think like I can be emotionally available if I want to in a moment but I just feel like I'm just chronically emotionally unavailable right now because all of that energy that I could be putting into other people I'm just really putting into myself because I'm really trying to really support myself through this time and luckily I have great people around me who are also supporting me but I I need to learn this lesson I need to um learn how to soothe myself and it's so valuable to pick up that skill so I've really been putting a lot of energy into myself so like just the idea of like dating and like guys I literally like like went on one date I went on a few actually one of the dates I went on was just terrible but it wasn't a bad day like it was a beautiful restaurant like it was great like guy was cool but it just like wasn't giving and I think it's like maybe in my mind I was like it was just too fresh. I was like low-key like comparing everybody to my ex-boyfriend. Like, damn, he doesn't do that. But I like, but like I used to like it when so-and-so did that. Like even little things like if I sit at a dinner table and like a guy pours like his water before like he pours mine, I'm like, mm, something's wrong with you. Because I would pour your water before I would pour mine or I'd pour the cup closer to me and then put it over on your side. And then grab the cup next to you and, and pour mine after. Like, come on, guys. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like little like things that like it's so st- it seems so stupid, but it's like literally the tiniest things. It's like, and that's when I realized that like, Mary, you're not like ready for dating. Like, you, 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 that's like not what you're here for. I mean, I knew I wasn't, but I just thought, oh, low key, the best time to date is like when you're extremely not the best time, but like. The best time to just get dating experience and be out there can for me. Okay, this is this was my philosophy and it's a terrible one. So I'm not saying that it's a good one. But I was kind of just like the best time would be like when you're emotionally unavailable because you're not stressed about the guys that you're dating like at all. And like then but then they kind of put all the effort in <laughs> low key like they carry everything because like you're kind of just like not you kind of just like show up and you're kind of just like there and like you can give like a little bit of emotional like energy back and since like low-key men are like often emotionally starved they just kind of like accept it and they're like super excited by like the little bit of emotion that I give them and so it's like oh it's like low effort dating on my behalf and like I don't have this I'm not stressed about a guy because I'm like still in love with my ex so and I just realized like Mary you have to have some like empathy and like you have to like be a good person like karma is like real so I shouldn't be dating at all like I I don't even like at all but I realized anyways that I don't have the energy for it like emotionally and anybody that would like try and date me now would just get their heart broken like literally like I would just yeah no like god if my husband is supposed to walk into my life in the next six months 
Can you please tell them they're just wait? Thank you. Appreciate you. Love and light. XOXO Gossip Girl. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I feel so much better. Oh my goodness. Talking on the, at this mic by myself makes me feel so much better. So I hope whoever is listening can feel what I'm feeling. And if you're going through anything similar or you're going through a hard time, just know that, babe, we're all suffering. Life is suffering. You know, and we're all going through something, but it gets better. And if it doesn't get better, you'll get stronger. And then after that, it'll get better. (laughs) So I guess to summarize everything I've explained over this, what, like 30 minutes. (sighs) Yes, I'm still in love with my ex. I am convinced that he has moved on with his life and have forgotten about me. But I'm not sure if that's really realistic, but my brain has literally just like accepted that. And it's really hurting my feelings. I'm literally hurting myself with like imaginary ideas. Like the idea that he's just like, yeah, moved on and like forgotten about me. And like, like I'm the only one that's like crying and like sad. I don't know. I think the reason why I don't probably, like I don't picture, maybe the reason why I don't picture him being like really sad and devastated and like is because not because he isn't an emotional person because he, he is it's because I think in my mind I, I have I haven't fully worked through the deep rooted ideas that I have about love and whether I not I deserve it and how people view me in love so I have some childhood wounds surrounding love and relationships and I and like most people, I guess, nothing nothing special or unique really, I guess. But there's this idea that I'm a burden and I had that feeling like a lot in my life. And so sometimes in relationships, I feel like I am that. And um, when relationships end, I'm pretty sure like that idea that like this person must be so much happier without me comes from this deep-rooted belief, not me psychoanalyzing myself at like 6 in the morning, 5.30. I believe that it comes from this deep-rooted idea that I was a burden on them and that I was doing too much and that I was suffocating them and that now that I'm out of their lives that they can finally breathe and that they're now so much better without me. And oh my goodness, not me literally just uncovering my passive suicidality. Oh my goodness, that is no, let me explain. So I, <laughs> this is the guy, this is literally how I think when I'm psychoanalyzing myself. So I think, let me explain how I, pa- like it's passive suicidality. So the idea that people like are better off without me, like is essentially like suicidal ideation. So the idea that I sit here and I'm just like, oh, like I'm a burden in that, in, on people. So when I'm, so when I'm not around, things are better. So the idea is that like, Things are better when I'm not around, so I shouldn't be around. Like, basically, I should be dead. And so everybody would be happier. Everything would be better. So that is, like, a deep-rooted idea that I've had for a really long time. I said in, like, one of my earlier podcasts, the first time I had suicidal ideation was when I was nine. Um, I think I was actually younger than that. Um, and, yeah, I, I got the time. I keep getting, like, ages mixed up, but it's always, like, give or take a few years. Like, I have a very fuzzy memory of my childhood. That shit was scary. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, 
yeah oh my god not me literally just realizing having like a huge i'm gonna have to journal about this later wait let me write it down period i'm gonna have to journal about that later because damn that's deep as fuck but yeah and that is why i think i am here thinking that he's better off without me like oh he's just all that he's like just chilling like there's no way that he could possibly be sad because okay guys let me tell you what i think my subconscious is going through so this is how i talk when like i'm trying to explain like i'm psychoanalyzing myself i'm not saying this is what i'm thinking consciously so what i think it is is that i'm mentally like okay we're not together anymore but there's no way that he's sad because like i was clearly a burden in that relationship and i was a burden in that relationship and this is the ways that i can show how and then you know my brain just gives evidence out of the files in it inside my head and because of that i know that since i'm inherently a burden and things are better when i'm not around he's actually feeling a sense of freedom and happiness and joy instead of missing me he's actually feeling free so yeah things are better when i'm not around do you see how deep rooted these ideas from child like and i'm not suicidal like i don't want to die like Mm, today <laughs> most days most days life is good life is good guys i'm not i'm not trying to like yeah i'm good this isn't like the, my first breakup round two um not that i was trying to die in that first breakup but it felt like i was dying this one doesn't feel like i'm dying this one just feels like i'm in a lot of pain emotionally but yeah do you see how like that is like really dark and like i'm like that's like a i'm no professional right so i don't have an idea of these like I don't really understand these complex ideas to the full extent that I could. But from my understanding of it, like, I'm just, like, passively being like, yeah, things are better, like, when I'm not around. Like, people are better off without me. When I know deep down I don't believe that. Well, now I don't believe that consciously. But because those are, like, ideas that were programmed into me because of experiences and traumas when I was younger, they come up. Now I have the discernment to recognize that just because I think something, it doesn't mean I am something. And that... I am the observer of my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. My thoughts don't make me who I am. Having made that distinction helps me heal through things and move through life a lot happier, a lot easier, and a lot more freely. It's given me a lot of freedom, clarity, and control over my own life, and I hope you guys can adopt that mindset as well. It's so important to recognize that the things that come through our minds, every single thought that passes through our mind is passing. It doesn't define who we are. It's what we create our internal dialogue around. It's what we base our internal dialogue around that can really affect who we are, who we show to the world and who we become. It's really important to be able to discern what is important to take in and what is just stuff from the past. I'm able to recognize that these thoughts and whilst they're dark and they're very deep, um, It doesn't mean I am feeling that right now. It's just a reminder of a time where something like this would have really hurt me and broken me down. But whilst I'm going through a breakup, this won't break me. And even though my heart is breaking, I am not broken. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day or night, wherever you are. Bye.